Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for June 19th, 2020. Over two years after the Emancipation Proclamation of 1862, slaves in Galveston, Texas are finally informed of their freedom. The anniversary is still officially celebrated in Texas and 41 other contiguous states as Juneteenth. Emancipation Day celebrates the end of slavery and freedom on June 19, 1865 in eastern Texas and portions of the surrounding states. On that day, General Gordon Granger landed with federal troops in Galveston, Texas with the intention of enforcing President Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation of January 1, 1863. The end of slavery was a gradual process, occurring as news of the proclamation reached outlying towns and states. Juneteenth was probably a shortened version of June 19th. A proclamation from the president stated that all slaves were now free and the relationship between master and slave was now employer and employee. In quotes, the freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and that they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. End quote. Beginning the year following this Texas event, 1866, large celebrations to rival the 4th of July began, including prayer services, inspirational speakers, reading of the Emancipation Proclamation, storytelling by former slaves, and traditional food and games. Soon, neighboring states such as Louisiana, Arkansas, and Oklahoma were adding celebrations. Throughout Texas, ex-slave purchased land for their Juneteenth gatherings. June 19th was declared a legal holiday in Texas in 1980. If only it had ended there. Coincidentally, on this day in 1964, the Civil Rights Act was approved after surviving an 83-day-long filibuster, which sprung from the Civil Rights Act of 1957, the very first civil rights legislation since Reconstruction in 1875. The longest spoken filibuster in U.S. history belongs to the racist dipshit from South Carolina, Strom Thurmond, who blabbered on for a staggering 24 hours and 18 minutes in an attempt to save the South's beloved Jim Crow laws. The 1964 victory led to the beginning of a long battle against racial segregation, a battle still being fought across this country, both North and South. From it sprang the Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990, signed into law by President George H.W. Bush. Today, the treasonous GOP is attempting to gut the ADA with H.R. 620. Because, you know, folks in wheelchairs shouldn't have to use public toilets like the rest of us, and your special needs kids certainly have no place in public schools. I struggle every day with the day's headlines. I've made the terrible habit of being well-informed, and every morning I'm set into a depression that I struggle to recover from. It's staggering to me, for instance, that we're putting kids into concentration camps. And sadly, that's just one of the unthinkable crises that Trump and his neo-Nazi cadre is perpetrating. And if you happen to think it's okay because it's legal to put kids in cages, then we don't have a difference in policy, we have a difference in morality. 
I know that expressing your views is almost always bad for business. I know firsthand because my listenership drops every time I talk the way I'm talking now. But I'll tell you, if you're a Trump supporter, an idle Christian, or just a plain old Republican who isn't outraged by what's happening to our country, you are complicit in all of it. And you, without a doubt, are on the wrong side of history. One of the worst and most damaging lies we as citizens have been sold is that you can't legislate morality. Well, here are the words of a speech given by Martin Luther King Jr. in 1967 at Stanford University on that very subject. Now, the other myth that gets around is the idea that legislation cannot really solve the problem and that it has no great role to play in this period of social change because you've got to change the heart and you can't change the heart through legislation. You can't legislate morals. The job must be done through education and religion. Well, there's a half-truth involved here. Certainly, if the problem is to be solved then in the final sense, hearts must be changed. Religion and education must play a great role in changing the heart. But we must go on to say that while it may be true that morality cannot be legislated, behavior can be regulated. It may be true that the law cannot change the heart, but it can restrain the heartless. It may be true that the law cannot make a man love me, but it can keep him from lynching me, and I think that is pretty important also. So there is a need for executive orders. There is a need for judicial decrees. There is a need for civil rights legislation on the local scale within states and on the national scale from the federal government. Get on your feet and do something, folks. Speak up. Speak out. Give to agents of social justice and fight to push this country off the road of totalitarianism that we're already on. Make no mistake, we are down that road already. It's already happened. Call your representatives. Give them hell. And above all, vote. Thanks for listening. Be kind. Do good work. And until next time.